here, like a very short. Monica. Monica. <laughs> it was me. Oh. I'm small, Liz. You are small. <laughs> this is really exciting. We have a lot to talk about today. Oh, we do. Before we even get into our questions. Mm-hmm. The main event. Welcome to Los Angeles. Thank you. <laughs> you live here now. It's hard for you to even say. Let's talk I mean, about it. Oh, God. I mean, I... Um, Are you going to cry? Yeah. I've cried all week. And I was just telling Rob, I had last episode of Friends vibes of the empty apartment. But there were no friends because I banned anyone from saying goodbye to me. Oh, you did. You hate goodbyes? I'm really bad at goodbyes. Even like leaving a party or ending a conversation. I have a lot of issue with just being like, this is it. See you. Yeah. Bye. And got really emotional. It was like 10 years in New York. Uh-huh. So there's like a numerical effect, which I think is always interesting. <laughs> That's science. It is. Yeah. It's like a completion. Because in Punjabi weddings, my friend Komal told me, and I started to cry when she told me, obviously. She was like, <laughs> no, because you know how funerals in Western cultures, everyone's in black. Everyone's like very sad. Yeah. I always have wanted to create a cool funeral playlist, like a very happy one where I want it to be a celebration. And I feel like in Indian weddings and particularly Punjabi culture, it's more of a celebration than like a mourning. I mean, there is mourning, but there's also a celebration. Wait, for the funerals or the weddings? The funerals. Okay, because you said weddings a couple times. Did I times. say weddings? Yeah. And I, I'm tired. I'm out of it. I think you're oh. conflating the two because it is weddings the death are of funerals. your solo Yeah, self. that's how I view. That's a Freudian slip. <laughs> so basically, Como was like, it's a completion. A funeral is like you've completed this life and now you're moving on to. And then I, I started to cry because I was like, oh, I'm complete. What a wonderful time that I've had. I moved to this country where I didn't know anybody, met people who became really like family. And then I have family here too. New chapter. And new chapter, new characters, new season, new writers. I love all of that. Now I'm realizing it might be Hindu weddings and not Punjabi. So if it's well, Hindu, we'll take it out. No, we're keeping no. You don't understand how this show's going to okay. work, okay? <laughs> I'm keeping everything. Uh-oh. All the mistakes cuz that's all my racism. Okay, got it. Light. Great. It's a show where it's just the mistakes. It's just the stuff we want to take out. Yeah. And we leave it. And we leave it in. Isn't that life? Yeah, it is. Okay, but Punjabis, I think, are Hindu. Hindu is the religion. Punjabi is a area, Punjab. Right, right. So the people from there are Punjabi, but they're probably Hindu or some might be Christian. I don't know. Okay. My secret knowledge does come out sometimes. (laughs) I can't really hide it. But this actually is very relevant because recently I had to go to a memorial. My friend's mother passed and I realized before, do I wear black? I think I'm supposed to wear black. Are there speeches? Is there food? And I realized I've never been to one of these. No way. Yes. And I've only been to one, knock on wood, funeral in my life. What? Yeah. And no memorials. And it is not part of Indian culture at all. I mean, people in my family have passed, but we're not doing that. And then I wondered, what do we even do? I mean, there's no burials. Everyone's cremated. Okay. My dad's mother is dead, but I don't think he like went there to do something for Were you there around when she passed? I was little, yeah, but she lived in India. Okay, so you didn't go to the wedding. Oh, oh my God, what am I? God. No, but can I, okay, can oh I, God. okay, oh my God. No, but can I tell you? So I have the reverse experience where I can count on one hand the amount of weddings I've been to. Not a lot. Funerals, Funerals or weddings? 
no weddings. <laughs> I've been to like maybe six weddings in my life. Oh. And before the age of 14, I'd been to 10 funerals. <gasps> I've been to so many funerals. Really? I know how to funeral. I could be your funeral wing person. And I think it's a mix of things. When I was really young, my sister's best friend died <gasps> of chicken pox, like what? suddenly. Yeah, very, very sudden death. And my sister was in the fifth grade and I was in the And she was grade. also in fifth grade? The yes. Gr- yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my. And we would take the bus every day together. Like, what? And she just, yeah, got chicken pox. Is that because of Canada's health It's not about Canada. <laughs> Don't turn it into a Canadian thing. I'm sorry, but I've just never. No, now kids, they don't even get chicken pox anymore. Yeah, like they, it's basically a vaccine. Yes. But at the time, again, we were encouraged. You get it and then you don't. Of course, you, we all got you, it. Yes. But there are some rare cases that have complications and it's one of those <gasps> crazy rare. Yeah. Oh, that's awful. And I also think that my parents just have like, it's like a habit of going to funerals. Like I remember being at funerals of the parent of someone and we just would go. We just were like, yeah, that's really sad for you this like person. Like funeral crashed? You oh, like no, looked in the no, newspaper no, to see what's funerals it. today? No, no, Let's no, no, no. go. We didn't take it that far. But it's like such a common experience and something yeah. everyone can understand, like losing someone. And it's so devastating that like I would kind of go into a random funeral and just be there to honor that life and if it's helpful I don't know okay it's, it's really sweet it's probably not it's very sweet but I'm just wondering if I was throwing a funeral throwing is that the t- <laughs> are there funeral throwers <laughs> if I was probably. hosting a funeral hosting I don't know I don't what think you that's say. the word okay if having, I, I think it's just having okay I don't think it's like a positive uplifting well Oh, we could make it that. You're right. If I was hosting Hosting. a funeral party. I like that. And I sent out the invites. (laughs) And then people came. Okay. And I looked and I thought, who's that? I don't remember inviting that person. And then I went up and I said, oh, hi, I'm Monica. I'm hosting this. How did you know Rob? Rob's dead in this. Okay, Rob is it's, it's Rob's, Rob's funeral. funeral. It'd be kind of weird that I'm hosting Rob's yeah. funeral, but I am good at hosting. Would, yeah, I well, my family to... was all killed in the accident, oh, so that's why you're hosting. No. Oh my god, that's really See, would you sad. go to that funeral even if you didn't know who they were? I feel like I would go. No, I think that's disrespectful to just like pop in where everyone knows each other and they know the life of Rob and Rob's family. I don't even like I don't want to Rob, I don't like this. Use. I'm okay. cu- I'm I'm <laughs> knocking on wood again. Okay, my friend Barry, okay? Okay. I'm okay. hosting for my friend Barry. Let's role play. Okay. Okay. Hi, I'm Monica. I'm hosting this funeral. Welcome. I, okay, Do you I like wa- the decorations? I want to take back <laughs> the premise of this because it wouldn't be like, oh, there's a funeral. Let's check it out. But again, I have been to funerals of people I've never met, but it was like the sibling or the parent of someone that I, understand I knew. That. And in that case, yeah, I didn't know Grandma Teresa. Yes. But there is a person there that exactly. you are supporting. I wouldn't actively seek out funerals, but I also think that I could enjoy the experience of mourning life, even if I didn't know who the person was, because life is life. (laughs) That's really beautiful. (laughs) It's so early to be talking about (laughs) funeral crashing. That's crazy. Okay, so you've barely been to any weddings. I've been to so many weddings. Well, no one gets married in Quebec. We just buy condos and have kids. 
So you know a lot of people who are not married but with children. So many. My best friend Kat's parents have been together for 35 years. It's her boyfriend. My parents got married at the courthouse. And like, it's just not a big wedding culture. Right. And so I don't have an aversion to weddings, but I feel weird about it sometimes. It feels like a weird performance. Wow. I love them. I feel very life affirmed at weddings. (laughs) Like life is beautiful. Love is beautiful. Really, a lot of it is seeing the two families. Yes, I like that part. And not just the families, but it's everyone in this person's life is here. Yeah. Everyone in this person's life is here. And all of these people have contributed to getting this person here. Weddings are just so happy. Wow, you're mixed messies. You love funerals and you hate weddings. Okay, it's like I find airports more romantic than a wedding. People saying goodbye at the airport, like you'll see, and and that's like a quote, you'll see so much more sincere I love yous at an airport terminal than in a church. Yeah, And funerals to me are like such a deep expression of love. There's no performance. It's the opposite. You don't want to be there. You wish you weren't doing this. And so there's something very like real and raw about it. There is. You're right. Beautiful. It makes sense. You enjoy crying much more than me. (laughs) Do you enjoy sadness? I think I have an issue. I think I enjoy nostalgia too much. I need to like work on that. Well, no, unless it's causing you harm. Are you a nostalgic person? I used to be and I did have to detach. Yeah. It was becoming almost pathological. Like it was becoming unhealthy for me to be living in this sort of melancholy longing space for a time I'm never going to get back. Yeah. And also it kind of manifested in weird ways. Like I had this period where I was obsessed with taking pictures. I think it was because like we have to save this memory and capture it. And it just, then I like wasn't having fun at the parties. And it was a fear of losing that moment. I think so. Yeah. It's like, oh, I got to capture this or else it will be gone forever. What do you think that's from? That fear of loss? Yeah. That's so old. Which, again, is ironic because, as we just said, (laughs) so much would not get get used to. I have had very little loss. I've been extremely lucky. Well, no. You had 10 funerals by the time you— I know, but no one actually in my—I mean, my grandmother, grandparents. Yeah, but I've been very lucky, too. Yeah. Healthy— family, friends. I know. And so almost because of that, perhaps, I had no connection to that feeling. And it is so scary. The idea of it is so astronomical. I feel like I would never overcome it. So I live with a lot of fear. Also, I just live with a lot of fear because my parents (laughs) have so much fear. And we talked about this the other day. When I was home most recently, speaking of the airport, I got to the airport and I just shook my head and patted myself on the back and said, you've come so far (laughs) in the fear department specifically because they are so scared of everything. And I think a lot of people would say that about me, which is why I felt like now I've just been gaslit by all these people (laughs) because they have no idea what I've accomplished (laughs) from where I came from. Okay, this weird thing happened. I might have to cut it because it's like embarrassing by proxy. Okay. We went to this restaurant, my family, the four of us, in like a kind of hip-ish part of Atlanta, Decatur, shout out. And it's a bit far Mm -hmm. from my house. And then Atlanta traffic's 
awful. So it took us over an hour to get there. I could feel my dad getting anxious because of the traffic. I was like, it's fine. They know we're coming. They know we're going to be a little late. It's not a big deal. And then he's like, I knew we shouldn't have come at this time. I'm like, what else are we doing? What else? (laughs) And then I get in that tone, that like mean kid tone. (laughs) And then we can't really find parking because, of course, it's a hip area. So there's going to not be a parking lot and you have to park on the street. And my dad, (laughs) it starts to park. It was a huge spot. So he could have parallel park, but also he could just go right in. And so he was like, should I parallel park? And we were like, no. My brother and I said, no, just go in. And like we kind of, again, have that yeah. sort of Petulant mean voice. Child. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so I think he kind of panicked and like <laughs> went in so fast at a weird angle. It was just like scraping the rim of his car. Well, he just wouldn't stop. He was just continuing (laughs) to move forward. My brother and I are just staring at each other with mouths agape. Yeah. And I screamed, Dad, stop. Like he's a child. And I said, let me do it. And I made everyone get out of the car and I parked it. I know. I've done that for someone before. But for a parent? No. I feel really guilty. Don't. This is the first time I've said it out loud. People are bad at parallel parking, though. I think my dad is extremely tough, and I don't believe him to have any feelings of humiliation ever. That is humiliating, what I did to him. I don't think he processed it like that, because I don't think he's yeah. that type of person, but I think I might be protecting myself by saying he's just not that type of person. Sat on the curb, sad, who is watching you. Oh, no. What if you had been a man, though? Is it the fact that you're his if daughter? Neil did it. Oh, do you think he would be question. as bad? Because I feel like that changes it a bit. Maybe that like his little girl has to parallel. But, but again, I'm but projecting the, yes. this on him. He didn't sure. say anything. And that's why it's extra sad because he did just like get out and let me do it. Sounds like maybe you should call him and ask him if it made him no. sad. Or no, maybe no, no, it's I don't not, want him ever to think about that. Or ever maybe that's again. not even sad. Maybe that was like I'm I don't want to do this. it anymore. Or he raises a tough daughter. Yeah, right. Who really is good at driving? I don't think he thought that in the moment. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know how to drive, but I feel like if you're in a position where things are going badly, it might just be a relief for him. And none of the sadness or embarrassment. Like, maybe that's what you're projecting. That's nice. Oh, we have Hi. a visitor. Oh, we no. have a dad. Just in time to hear a horrible story that <laughs> oh, you're going to judge me for bad. Oh, my God. Did you um, puke more hot dogs? No, we're not talking <laughs> about oh, that. Oh, no. Well, the experiment's complete. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not talking about that on this podcast. Okay. That'll be out by then, though. That's been compartmentalized Uh, into. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I puked a hot dog once. (laughs) A whole hot dog? And blamed a single mom. It's a sweet, sweet story. One of the family's last hot dogs. Ever? (laughs) (laughs) This is the last money they had they spent on the hot dogs. She was a little girl. She was a 10-year-old little girl. No, we decided you were probably in fourth nine. grade. I was probably no, nine. No, ninth is 10 I know, but I'm young for my age. Oh, okay. <laughs> are you? That's not even a sentence. That's I'm in grade. But no, but you're not, are you? Yeah, You did yeah. graduate at 17. Yes, I did. You did? Yes, I started college at 17. Oh, my 17. goodness, you're at Wunderkin. A little bit. A Douglas Hauser. I started kindergarten when I was- Two. Two months. <laughs> two months old. Two months, days old. I was four, but yeah. <laughs> okay, so she was nine in fourth grade, and she was at her girlfriend's house. 
single mother. Apartment. Yep, yep. That, why do those parents have to be retold? <laughs> well, I'll tell you why. If you threw up at Richie Rich's house, you'd be like, oh, fuck those people. The stakes are yeah, there. Their butler cleaned it up, not the single mom. <laughs> yeah, the single mother was already... Worked to the uh, bone and frazzled. Oh, my God. Now worried she had poisoned this kid with her tainted <laughs> hot dogs. And then poor Monty threw up in the middle of the night. Oh, in bed or in the <laughs> toilet? In the child's twin bed. Yeah, the trundle. Oh. <laughs> and then did you have to go wake her up? No, I had to lie about it. Here comes the deceit. Yeah, so she was embarrassed, naturally. And she <gasps> just pretended it, she had no clue why there was puked what? up hot dog in the bed in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you kept sleeping in the puke? Yeah. She had no choice. I think I, I had no choice. It was for survival. And it's for survival. I probably asked my friend in the morning, did you do that? Oh, like, if no, I that bad. I mean, I'm, Gas I don't did remember you? that, but I know me. Yeah. And if I'm in survival mode, yeah. I'm sure I and did do that. you have to play it like someone who didn't puke last I, night. Yes. I'm good at knowing. Your Wait, motivation. What, what you were an actor. <laughs> this is the beginning. It I was. wonder if it was obvious it was you. Like, you had to throw up on your face. <laughs> and everyone just played. Along. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> okay, Monica. It's probably all over my shirt. T-shirt says, I love throwing up at sleepovers <laughs> that no one noticed until that morning. <laughs> okay, we recorded this yesterday. Now oh. we're really exposing oh, okay. ourselves, which Dax hates. <laughs> yeah. Three months ago. We recorded this many In months 2020. ago. 2020. And the whole reason we got into this is because I brought up something from Dax's past. He got a little sensitive about the fact that I brought it up. Go and ahead, he didn't her. have control over it. He pooped in the bed in an orgy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of was like, oh, it just came out of nowhere and we just dropped right into the punchline of the story. Okay. Right. Because he's talked about it many times. It's not like it was a story I knew and nobody knew. He's sure. talked about it. Right, right. So I brought that up and then it, it gave him a little bit you of see, a already jolt. now I feel like I need to tell Liz. I'm more I'm back now. <laughs> She just heard the punchline, too. It was oily. <laughs> okay, okay. Oh, yeah, Let me, that was no. his cover-up. <laughs> well, it no, was on, just oil. Let me be honest. Let oh, me, yeah, we were supposed to cut that yeah. part. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. What happened, Liz, Yeah. was, this was obviously 20 years ago. Okay. I think it was one of the first times I ever was in New York to do a late-night talk show. Went out. He wasn't sober. Great night, doing a ton of coke. Hanging with some other people, we all end up back at my hotel room, a guy and his girlfriend and this gal I met, sex on the bed, all mm -hmm. of us at the same time. Mm -hmm. Now, there was no swappy swap, but it was Yay. a very heightened kind of 70s Playboy experience. It was, it was wonderful. They then got hungry because they were not doing as much cocaine as I was. And it's a suite, and I'm putting that in quotes. The hotel room was a suite, but really it was like the bed's here and the couch you're sitting on right now, that's about the gap. So they were like in that little couch looking that way, eating this breakfast they had ordered to the room at like 8 a.m. I'm now sitting on the bed still. I might be having a cigarette or something. This is post-coital. And I think, um, hmm, I just have no fart. Just the tiniest bit. And they're very far. Well, they're not very far yeah. away, but they're far enough away that I'm just going to test sure. and make sure that okay. it's odorless. Can I real quick? Okay. There's no test. There is. You yeah. crack the bottle just and just yeah. pss, like if you're opening a Pepsi, pss, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then you sh you quickly yeah. Yeah, close screw it, it back. Yeah. yeah, then it will still smell. But the volume you've let out will be manageable. You'll get a hint of it. And you're like, oh, don't do that. Go into the bathroom. Okay. Conversely, you and then you. Oh, fuck. No, no one. Yeah, mm -hmm. this is totally fine. I'm going to let a little more out. And then step two, and then you close it. 
wait around. Wow. And this is a safe way to determine yeah. whether there's going to be some offensive. Have you offensive. ever done this? You yeah. are nodding. Yeah, as I do this. <laughs> you're testing sound, too. Because you don't know. <laughs> sure. And so but you'll you have an idea. No, I'm going to yeah. stop you right there. Sure. You can't test for sound. Sound, sure. Yeah, Either the sound will come out. Yes. Well, you're right in that, Monica. You guys act like you have so much more control over your butts than most. Largely, that has been the case. But obviously, the story I'm telling, that wasn't the case this time. <laughs> I had underestimated whatever impact the cocaine had on my stomach sure. and no eating. And that was another thing. Like, I hadn't eaten in 20-some hours. So uh, I wasn't really concerned that there was going to be a smell. There. And then all of a sudden, I just went, oh, 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 oh. And now they're right there. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then I, in a panic, I just grab the sheets. Okay. And I walk into the bathroom and I shut the door. And then I hop in the shower. And then I am making sure there's zero evidence. Smart. Smart. Yeah. Liz, be normal. <laughs> what? That it's so is that normal. is not smart. You bring all these sheets from the bed yeah. into well, the just shower the top and try sheet, to right? act yeah. like yeah. it's normal. Of course. What else are you going to do? If someone Thank you. <laughs> Work backwards from the options, Monica. <laughs> if someone did that in your hotel room, wouldn't you be like, wait, what's going on? They took a sheet into the shower. Yes, but they you obviously yeah. Puked a hot dog or <laughs> shit the bed. Those are the options. <laughs> well, you pull a monkey and be like, who brought the sheets? Did you bring the sheets in here? That's what you do. You just like gaslight. Well, Monica. Listen, no. Yeah. So, okay, yeah. So I'm in the shower and I'm in a bit of a panic sure, now. Of and I'm cleaning the, the sheets yeah. up. And then I'm quickly trying to think of my explanation for why I went to the shower with the sheets. And then <laughs> I decide... This is as bad as you asking your buddy if Have she Have I never puked. heard this? What I said is like there was kind of some sex on the sheet oh, that sure. needed some Mark. clean. Oh, no, you, but you I said it not, was the girl. No, I did not. I did not. <laughs> okay. I did not. Some I sex. Did not. Yeah, yeah, It could yeah. be anything. Like, it could have been the guy. Yeah. I think you went straight there. Well, because you're embarrassed. I don't think you'd be embarrassed <laughs> if it was calm. Well, no, I wouldn't. Nor would I be embarrassed if there was sex. But I thought that was a plausible <laughs> yeah. explanation. Sure. And no one seemed to really dig deeper. I mean, look, we went out 15 hours before. Yeah. They're trying to get that free breakfast and then hit the Were road. Were they strangers? The dude I I knew a bit. He was a guy who was a club promoter in New York. Oh. You know, there's this whole industry in New York that doesn't really exist in L.A. And when I was young and partied and I went to New York, I knew some of these promoters. And you would go to clubs and you'd get free everything. And then they'd drive you around and they knew who had drugs. And so, yes, I knew the dude, but no, I didn't know him well. Okay. Yeah. Wow. It was up until that little fiasco. Nice night for everyone. <laughs> Synced is supported by Element. Element is a delicious electrolyte drink mix that I personally love. Anyone who has been following any of our podcasts knows that I'm obsessed with electrolytes. I think they fix everything. I literally just finished a packet of Element this morning because it's been super, super, super hot in Los Angeles, I think everywhere. And I definitely feel drained and always so much better after I've replenished my body with Element. What I really like about Element is it contains a science-backed electrolyte ratio, 1,000 milligrams sodium, 200 milligrams potassium, and 60 milligrams magnesium. That is the perfect concoction, and it doesn't have any of the junk. No sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no BS. 
Element is formulated to help anyone with their electrolyte needs and is perfectly suited to folks following a keto, low-carb, or paleo diet. It's truly for everyone. When you sweat, which we're all doing so much of right now, the primary electrolyte lost is sodium, and athletes actually lose up to 7 grams per day, which is crazy. And when it's not replaced, it's common to experience muscle cramps, fatigue, just like tired for me. I just feel so lethargic. It's kind of amazing how quickly you rebound after replenishing your electrolytes. Right now, Element is offering a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single-serving packets free with any Element order. This is a great way to try all eight flavors or share Element with a salty friend. Get yours at drinklmnt.com slash sync. That's S-Y-N-C. This deal is only available through my link. You must go to drinklmnt.com slash sync. Element offers no questions asked refunds. Try it totally risk-free. If you don't like it, share it with a salty friend and they will give you your money back. No questions asked. You have nothing to lose. I feel like I'm proud of you. I feel like oh, you you. <laughs> you are very intrepid and resourceful. That's my takeaway. <laughs> this leads me to what I really want to talk about today. Okay, good. We found the thread. We had a lot of threads going. It's about Liz's mixed messages. <laughs> oh, good. How do I want to get into this? How can I gently? No, because I find this extremely fascinating, and I do okay. think this is the second episode of our show, yeah. and I think it's going to be a through line throughout for both of us. Okay. Where we are very smart. You're too smart, and you're- To be forgotten. That's what I wrote in your yearbook in seventh grade. <laughs> too smart to be forgotten. And you are extremely knowledgeable on feminism- Mm. on how the world truly should operate, how the patriarchy infiltrates every single one of us. You speak on this publicly. You go on the news, the actual news. (laughs) America's (laughs) news. To talk about this because you're an actual expert. That's the context. I'm afraid of what's going on. No, no, no. But also- I know where you're going. Yes, I know you know, but I'm going to do it. (laughs) Also, you're a real person. Yeah. And you- have some conflicting actions to your beliefs. Yeah. And what I really want to be clear about is it's not hypocrisy. It's what we all do, which is we have a set of values and beliefs and what we know the way the world should be. However, the reality of the world doesn't always add up to the way the world should be. And there's often conflicting pieces there. Again, for all of us, for me, majorly too. My therapist always says, let's try to do this so that your actions match your beliefs or your values. Knowing that often they don't. And that's why you have to actually make a huge effort to do that. The statement, humans are full of contradictions, is like the most concise for me, and I believe that, and I support it, and I don't think it's something to be ashamed of. It's yeah, not. It's, like, it's mm. not hypocrisy. It's contradiction. We're going to be talking about this throughout this show because we are in a position where I do think people, for some reason, have been interested in listening to what we have to say, which is very flattering. And I want to be very open about the fact that We live in reality, and so there's going to be contradictions. Mm -hmm. Actions that might seem inconsistent. And I want to 
dissect that. Like, it's fascinating that we know how things should be, and then sometimes we don't. I would argue that it's, way. it's the only thing interesting about humans. It's the number one thing. When you're watching a show you love, generally what you love is that the lead character, the protagonist that you like, is trying to juggle many different objectives and goals and desires and often they're at odds with one another and that's drama that's what's interesting that's what makes humans fascinating is the tension and contradiction and the for sure challenges does it resonate i mean i also want to say i've done a lot of things that are hypocritical like i think if you're a smart person actually Mm -hmm. (laughs) you are able to reflect and be unsure about your own positions and your own behaviors and I think that that's actually something that I wasn't always good at doing. I was so convinced of the way that I thought that I was and of the way that I thought other people were and systems, right? Like, I don't think I'm the only one. It's all in the sort of air of this moment of everyone has their own reality that's reinforced in all these different ways. But I think it's good to reflect on our contradictions. Yeah. Originally, I wanted to name this podcast (laughs) Mr. Jones off of the movie Burnt that Bradley Cooper stars in. He's a chef in that movie. He plays a very Anthony Bourdain type character. And he's a dick. I mean, he's awful. He like shoves this girl across the kitchen. Sienna Miller. By all accounts, a bad dude. And I am watching this movie. Spraying in your pants? I <laughs> Wet. <laughs> like, turned on. Turned on. Yeah, yeah, turned yeah. On. Turned He is so hot in it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm getting turned. <laughs> I know, I know, <laughs> you I know. him a little more? <laughs> well, he's got those eyes. Oh, and sure. His hair looks great. At one point, he's walking, and it's just the back of him. It's just Ooh. the back of his neck, and it's... Hot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I got so angry with myself during this when I was watching it because I thought, why do I like him? He's awful. To me, that was an example of this, right? Where I know that this is a bad dude. He's hurting women. He doesn't give a shit. He's so entitled. And that is not a person I should ever want to be with. And there you are all fucked but up. But here I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, getting your Dying to be with equipment him. out yeah. of your nightstand. Shut up. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. But yeah. yes. <laughs> Do you feel like that about women? I feel like guys have that with women too. Like women that they're attracted to or women that they want to, and they're like, this doesn't align. Okay, I'm going to join that. I'm going to answer yeah. that. But I do want to just say, what you might tell yourself is I'm a proponent of this and I'm outspoken about that and I mm-hmm. believe in this. And if you know this thing about me, it will discredit the other things. And I will lose the thing that I like because I will have lost credit. Which, if you distill that even further, it's really just the most fundamental thing, which is if you know everything about me, you won't love me. I'm not worthy of love if you know all about me. Okay. And then we dress it up as like the economic model of it, that your livelihood's on the line. And then so that becomes a justification that feels very real and and defendable. Mm -hmm. But really at the core, it's the same thing everyone's struggling with nonstop, which is if you actually looked at all of me, you would run away from me. And- In my experience, that fear is just that. It's a fear. And in fact, all the things that I'm afraid you'll hate about me, probably you'll like about me. And that's a rejection of ourselves. I'm rejecting this facet of me that's attracted to someone that's not aligned with who I want. Yes. And that's your rejection. Like, I don't 
think anything differently of you because of that. I think it's in our self-rejection and what kind of story we make based on certain feelings or certain attitudes or certain behaviors that we have. I don't think there's anything wrong with being attracted to the kind of guy that you're like, this isn't who I would want to marry. But that's not also who you want to marry. And that's not probably who you're going on dates with. And there's a difference between a preference and like making life decisions yeah. to reiterate. I do see it what It could you also mean. be an application. Like, oh, this guy's good for this application. Making yes. me crazy horny in my bed exactly. one. Exactly. But not for the yeah. other application. Yes. What I think is fascinating personally is me as someone who is hyper aware mm -hmm. of the problems of a person like that and what it does to women specifically. The fact that my body can still react like that is interesting minimally. Mm -hmm. It's just interesting that we can hold two things at once. And like you said, my actions, I can force to more match my values, but our innate selves sometimes betray us. And I think we're going to. But I don't see that. it as a betrayal. I really don't. And I think that's actually like an old version of me was like, that's bad. And anything in sex that's like aggressive or dominating or playing into any kind of power dynamic, that's patriarchy. I don't think that's true at all. And I think that's the most feminist thing you can do is be free to explore all of that. I think thinking that there's something wrong with wanting that in a sexual way might be what you want to like think about. Because I don't think that's what you want in a long-term. And maybe we can think about, is it bad if a woman wants that in a long-term relationship? I don't know. Yeah. Can we judge her? But I think, yeah, there's like a sexual component for you for that. And I think that's a great thing for you to explore. And tons of women want to be thrown around in bed and like be handled in a certain way. And that's, I think, a positive thing to know that and to explore that with someone who's respectful and doesn't throw you around when you're eating breakfast the next day, you know, that contains it in a certain environment. Yeah. Well, the reason I brought this up is yeah. now I kind of forget, but you said something you to puked, him. I shit. I know. But you had a reaction to him that I thought was contradictory. Okay. Maybe it was you saying you're proud of him. Because you're not. I am. You are? No, I fully mean that. Okay, I don't want to tell the story. It's not like, great. <laughs> I. <laughs> oh, do you think Monica and I were really great? I know. But mine is more <laughs> recent. That's why it's not old. Just change but, the day. No, but like, I have... I've had poop. Sure. Yeah. And like slept over this guy's place. I just started dating, wearing his boxers. Uh, right. He goes for a shower and yeah. I do the test. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to let one little. And it wasn't. It wasn't a poop. Right. But there was Clean some up poop. Cleanup mess in his boxers. And then I was like, same thing. We're like, oh my God, this is yeah. the worst. I'm in his apartment. I can't go anywhere. Yeah, that's and horrifying. I was like, take off the boxers, put them in your bag. Never like, and yeah. the fact that I figured it out and that he never knew, yeah. I was like very proud of myself. Yes. And so that's what I mean yeah. where I'm like, then it's shame and it's, you know, humiliation <laughs> yeah. and that you're able to be like, I figured it out and like problem solved it without going into a bad behavior or other coping mechanism that would be negative. Like you just figured it out. And I, yeah. that's what I mean by I'm you proud. Survive. Yes. Poop emergencies are like throw ups. <laughs> There's this sense of like, oh, you know, I have to manage this and what am I going to do? And I think when people are able to do it, I think it's good. Okay. I, for some reason, this is weird. I am proud of you. <laughs> About my, the boxer? Yes. Yeah. I think you handled that perfectly. Okay. I'm very sorry that happened to you. <laughs> I'm excited that that happened. That's a great story. And it definitely makes me like you more. <laughs> 
Anyway, I am proud of you for doing what you had to do in that moment. I do think that both of you are clearly wrong about opening the Coke bottle because both of you have made huge mistakes. So I would would advise everyone listening to never test it. Can I defend us? Sure. Oh, I can't speak for Liz, but I've cracked the Pepsi bottle in the three to 500,000 times in my life range. It only takes and one time. And I've had a, <laughs> I've had a few mix-ups. Those are outrageously good that, numbers. That's Those true. are above 99%. I agree. I agree. So it isn't a very yeah. effective technique, but you're right. Once every five years, you're <laughs> hiding some boxers in your purse. And what's 100% is not doing that. But so what do you do? If you have to, what do you, you have to, to you have to suck it back in? <laughs> but then it like, you can do that to a certain extent, but it starts cramping. Listen, Monica yeah, like doesn't us. know her privilege. This is one of the, fa- this is one of the rare situations where Monica cannot own her privilege. For some reason, she doesn't have to fart as bad as the that rest is, of the oh, people do. And oh, she's convinced herself it's oh, willpower and integrity. No. That is exactly what it is. It is not about privilege. It's about my fucking hard work. That I've worked to not. This this is what white people think. They're like, I work my ass ass off. off. What do you mean? (laughs) Of course I'm CEO. I work my ass off. Oh my God. You have no idea what I've been through because I don't want to be excommunicated. Uh huh. Wait, so so I've never been allowed to fart. This is real. Will you acknowledge that you pee one tenth the amount that normal people pee? Let's start there. Something we can agree on. Wow, yes. I'm so yes. jealous. Okay, so anatomically, I don't know why. It's so curious. I do. I've also had many bladder infections. Like, uh, it's to <laughs> my detriment. It's not like my body. My mom used to tell me, you need to pee. You need to force yourself to do that because I would get sick. But there's something about going to the bathroom or stuff <laughs> that is embarrassing. I just was very scared of embarrassment. I would do any obviously, yeah, obviously yeah. with the puke in the bed, <laughs> the hot dog. I would do absolutely anything to avoid something bad going on, and so that includes farts, pee, poops, sneeze, cough. Honestly, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's your privilege that you're fucking farting everywhere no, and having no I think repercussions. What I know is that you're not fighting the same level of gas pressure <laughs> that I am. I know it for sure because I am a strong person and I do have great will. I've demonstrated it. And I can't, when you have three <laughs> gallons of air trapped in your lower GI, what do you mean just deal with it? I, no. I don't think you think that if you farted that you'd be excommunicated. I'm 100% agreeing with you on the social pressures that you're under. Liz is under the same ones. She can't manage not letting some out, it sounds like. Liz is also not going to get excommunicated because she's so pretty. Well, this I disagree with you about. Yeah. I'm going to fundamentally disagree with you on that. Well, that's not what this podcast is. Well, now it is. We're not here for you to disagree. It's (laughs) it's, it's not about that. I put on my white collar. Never farted, like had an accidental <laughs> fart. No, no, I have. I I've have. known her for nine years. Traveled the country, sit in a room with her six hours a day, five days a week. I've never heard or smelled a fart. I've encouraged her. I've begged her. <laughs> I said it makes me very uncomfortable that you're uncomfortable, yeah. and we're best friends. So 
Let's let it rip. I have had accidental farts in my life. Tell me. In once. your life, though. In my life. And I mean, someone well, heard it? Let's about this week. Oh, no. We're on Thursday. I've had 50 accidental <laughs> farts since Monday. I mean, this is why I can't. Rob, how many accidental farts have you had? Be honest. Since Monday. None. See? You guys should cohabitate. Yeah, because And Liz Rob, and I should move into an outhouse together. I know Rob <laughs> is also afraid of getting excommunicated. I know that about his personality. Did you grow up in a family that farted? Like, there were no farts ever? Oh, my grandpa used to fart all the time because he had a gallbladder issue. He should have held it. You don't want to have your gallbladder removed? What I want you to he do He hadn't removed is and he had me, no more farts. What I want you to do is to treat me as if what I'm telling you is the truth. And that the level of gas I have cannot be dealt with in the manner you're dealing with it, okay, which is ignoring it. That's not on the table for me. And I want you to accept that. Okay, but that is saying your truth is more honest than mine. No, no, I'm not telling you what your truth is. I'm telling you what mine is. Mine is there's no way they could be held in. You brought this up by saying that I have less of an ability. It wasn't about you. Mm-hmm. You made it about me. And I'm saying that's not true. To me, I have worked on this skill. I believe you that you can't hold your farts and that you can't hold your farts. What, how have you worked on the skill for people uh, yes, who are listening ex- who thank want- Thank you so much. What, what is, is the it? methodology? Yeah, it's, it's too late for you. It's too late for you. It's a, it's <laughs> but, a oh. lifetime worth of <laughs> practice and clenching yeah. and being really uncomfortable. It hurts so bad, but then it goes away. No, it grows. It's right. you, it right. hits and a And it aches. And then, yes. Yeah, yeah. there's and like a sharp knife be, pain. Yes. Okay. Have you ever had like, it feels like someone just put a yes. fucking saver yeah. up your ass? Yes. Like, yes. Yes. That yeah. is what it yeah. feels it, like. That's correct. But that's, then. That's how you know it's working. Yes. And you keep, <laughs> you, you sit through the pain and over time it will subside. I just don't think. Where does it go, Monica? You're, is it reabsorbent to your cells? Yes. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. So you have. A ton of trap gas in your cells. Do you burp a lot, Liz? I don't actually. I I don't. I can't burp burp. Yeah, it's same. So I also don't really burp. I wish I could though, because I feel like I have more farts because I can't burp. I feel like things right. only yeah, can gas. come out one way. Yeah. Okay. How about this? If there were an implant you could get, and it was very tasteful, and it was just a little port, tiny little guy, and it just let the pressure out before really? it went through everything else, which produces the odor. Because your burps don't smell like farts, let's be honest. It's the process of going through the whole intestines. So I wonder if we had a little top valve. Yeah. Just a little side port. Yeah. And you could just just let it out. Would you be up for it? That would be so nice. Yeah, You could just do it throughout the day before Mm. it gets – because you get bloated a lot. Sure, I feel some bloat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You could just like preemptively – you know. Oh, here we go again. <laughs> and before you go to someone's house, also like sleepovers. <laughs> like a lot of these stories involve sleep because yeah. you could do it for a few hours, but after you've been with someone for many, at a certain point, it accumulates sure. within you. Sure. <laughs> what about in the middle of the night? So I have done that. Okay. At sleepovers. I wait till everyone's asleep. Okay. How do you know? And then you do fart whatever farts you have. No, from the day. And you make it so that it doesn't smell by wrapping yourself so heavily in comforters. Hermetically sealing yourself with the blanket. Yes, you're trapping it. And then you're also spreading your butt cheeks. 
So it doesn't oh, yeah. make a sound. Oh, so you got a lot going on. So you're both tight in a swaddle, but somehow you're splating out your no, you butt use, cheeks. You, you use your hand. You use your hand. So wow. you're down you're and you spread. You're wow. spreading your butt cheeks out of This is what I used to do by on the sleepovers. Way, I haven't had a sleepover in a long time. So if you were to stumble upon more than you bargained for, as Liz did and I did, you would really be in a pickle because you're spreading your butt cheeks. Yeah, it does a lot. If you get a surprise at that point, you're toast. Here's yeah. the thing, though. Yeah. Wow. That's never happened to me. Okay. And I know the difference between my poop and my fart. I know what it feels like to have poop in there. You're very dialed into what's happening down there. I am. What I like to fantasize about that scene you just painted was I picture <laughs> little Monica in bed at a sleepover, and, and she might go, Jenny, are you asleep? <laughs> Mika. Are you asleep? <laughs> Sarah? Are you, are you asleep? Yeah, I'm awake. No, no. Yeah, everyone's going to be asleep. You ruined it. I know, oh, but I was asleep. done with this. Sarah, are you asleep? It doesn't sound like that. Well, of course it is because you've spread your butt yeah, all the way wide open. Yeah, but it doesn't even have that first sound. Do you have anyone you will fart in front of, like your brother or Callie Thanks, or Rob. Molly? No. Not one person. Do you feel embarrassed when you fart and you're alone? Oh, great question. Actually, I don't love it, but I do it. <laughs> I do do it. I'm not so embarrassed that I won't do it. I wish it wasn't happening. Can I ask on an average evening at your home? This has gone off the <laughs> fucking rails. We haven't no, even I really done think, any listener But questions. hold on. I really do think it's important to establish baseline gas levels between the four of us. <laughs> Do you, okay. On an average evening at home by yourself, you're making one of your great meals. You've got a chicken in the oven. Mm. You've brined something. Things are being roasted and simmered. On that evening, how many farts throughout the night? At night? From the time you walk in your door, oh. you have your whole evening. You, they don't ever happen until I'm in bed. Oh, okay. okay. You're not. This is the this different. Is, yeah. The there's physiology. something different. There's, anatomically, going on there's with something you. definitely I'm, different. I'm like Monica, though. Yeah. God, you guys, like, what's yeah. it like? <laughs> Well, Dude, I'm fine on an average night. Like, first of all, if you ask me that question, I'm like 12, 24. A day. For sure. If I'm out by myself and I'm cooking, I'm a little here, a little sit down, and I push a little bit. You oh, know. my. Wow. They're coming out. Yes. Certainly more than one an hour. Can we call someone who's your height? <laughs> oh, you think this might be height? I'm curious. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, but Liz, Liz is what height tall. are you? Yeah. I'm 5'9. Too tall. That's too tall. Yeah. Maybe it's diet. Hey, guys. <laughs> Now we're starting to victim shame, I think. You took us down this road. I cannot feel bad for you even one iota. You've done this. Do you poop every day? Yes, multiple okay. times. So that's normal. So maybe that's why. Maybe I'm just it pooping It comes more. out when you're pooping? Maybe. And, and morning, right? You have a morning farts, Rob. No. Oh. No poop. Oh, oh, morning oh. bowel movement. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Morning BM, MBM. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm every morning as well. Liz, are you? Depends. Okay. Oh, you're well, not you every travel day. A lot. Yeah, I do. You get nervous when you travel. And I it do. Gets I do. Tightened up a little bit. <laughs> I want to get in. And then wherever you are at in your opiate addiction, that obviously impacts that plays things. In. Yeah, for sure. A lot of variables. For sure. Well, look. I guess this is how it shook out. Two of us are yeah. fart monsters. Maybe this is a representation of society. Oh, that would be cool. Maybe this is we'd have to do some polling. We can do that. That'd be funny. Poll. Maybe we do it on Instagram. Instagram. Sound yeah. off in the comments. And I, th I want to make it. Oh, that's a cool. That's what you say? Yeah. yeah. I like that. Sound off in the comments. But I think we could make it least embarrassing as possible. So I think in the comments, you would just say M&R, Monica and Rob. 
or you'd say L and D, and you're basically just declaring which version you yeah. are. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's And then we can kind of not go right. from there. And tell us your height. <laughs> <laughs> it tells if you spread your butt cheeks open as far as you can while you're in a swaddled not burrito. as far as you can. Okay. It's, a, it's hotter so when I think that you're... <laughs> Hot. All right. Well... <laughs> I was telling, before you got here, I was telling a very sad story about my dad. Uh, I'm sorry. And um, now I really took a turn. That was good. That was a good turn, though. Let's get into a couple, because I've declared this show is going to be an hour and 15 minutes. Well, I may leave you guys for this, then. You don't want to do this part? Oh, I'll I'll do one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I just want to be pumping iron by 1030 (laughs) so that I can fart. I thought you were going to Take another dump. (laughs) Maybe poop my pants down there while I'm squatting. Okay, let's do this one. This is from Ariel. Or Ariel. I'm a grown woman obsessing over a celebrity. How do I stop? Help. Okay. So ever since I watched Wednesday, I've been obsessed just like Monica. But the obsession kind of grew and it became more about Jenna Ortega. I have no idea why. I, a happily married 31-year-old woman, care about what a 20-year-old actress is doing. But I can't stop listening to her interviews, watching her movies, and even going down some TikTok rabbit holes. I feel like it's weird, but I can't seem to stop. Am I a weirdo? Help. Mm. Mm. First of all, no, you're not a weirdo. Or if you are, you're in good company with other weirdos. Obviously, I have opinions on this because I go down so many. You do too. Yeah. Who? Very few select people. Who's your most recent one? I got a little obsessed with her too, actually. You in did. a weird way. She has a certain kind of way to like absorb you in. And Ryan Gosling, particularly Ryan Rosling and Ryan Gosling. <laughs> and Ryan Rosling. And Ross- his <laughs> uncle. <laughs> he's yeah. not yeah. as known, but he's really so hot. obsessed with him. <laughs> no, like the Rachel McAdams and Ryan Gosling era. I've seen every photo. Yeah, you sent me a video. Yes, the MTV award mm-hmm. kiss that Ooh. We found out that they were dating and like, like I've gone down the rabbit hole, even though it happened 12 years ago yeah. at this point. You revisit they, it sometimes. Yeah, I revisit it. It's like very calming to me and soothing. And I'm like, why am I watching this crusty video? I have a theory about why it's getting worse. You know, it's kind of been out there that like parasocial relationships. Exactly. We're spending more time away from our friends and our real life interactions. And so these virtual connections just become that much more like they're couples stand-ins. that you hardly know. Yes. You're yeah. like, they're not posting photos anymore. I got to go on a deep dive and figure out what happened in their relationship, even though you don't know who they are or barely. And you get very interested in people that you don't know. And fantasy. You yes. project a lot yes. onto these people yes. about what your life could be like if they were in your life. I think that's a big Part of this sometimes Mm -hmm. is if I had their life or if I was somehow in their life, I would feel like this. I would be so happy or I would get to have this banter with them or they're Mm. so funny and we could be. I mean, look, I did this with Kristen. And so I have a very full circle of having watched videos of her and was obsessed with Veronica Mars thinking, oh my gosh, I could be her best friend. I know it because I understand her and we're the same, like the way we talk. And then that happened. Then we had a real relationship, which is so different. Turns out Kristen doesn't investigate a ton of crimes (laughs) the way Veronica Mars did. Well, That's one of the immediate things you're a little bit struck by the fantasies. Disappointed, yeah. 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 <laughs> the show is the gateway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just no, like, I, I'm just teasing. Yeah. I, know, yeah. I know what you mean. Like yeah. Wednesday is the gateway for her for Jenna Ortega, and she's watching it, and she's 
imagining what her life would be. This is subconscious, but it's imagining a life side by side and it must be so good. And, you know, the reality is it's not, but you can't know that. (laughs) You Mm -hmm. can't know that. So I can't tell her to just say, well, I know that the reality wouldn't match up. I think she has to do some practical things like go to dinner with a friend. Like if it's starting to get really deep, force yourself to have an actual connection with a person in your life as opposed to this kind of fake one. Yeah. I think first and foremost, it's an interesting question conceptually, which is what's the problem? I think a big thing maybe is like, we are all prone to like, I'm doing this thing. Mm. How do I stop? Why am I doing it? I was like, well, first of all, is there anything wrong with you doing that? What's the objective wreckage from this obsession? Are you not present when you're talking to your partner? Are you not present with your kids? Are you distracted at work? If these things are happening, then yeah, maybe this is something. But also maybe lighten up on yourself. Maybe it's fine that you daydream about this person. You know, in AA, a common saying is like, find someone who's got what you want and ask them how they got it. And that could be a million different things. It could be being a good parent. It could be that they have a cool car. It could be that they're financially, whatever the thing is you want that someone has, ask them how they got it. Learn from them. Look, I got obsessed with Jenna Ortega too. I haven't requested someone from a TV show that I've watched in at least a year and a half to be on Armchair Expert. And I came, I was like, we got to get this girl. I'm obsessed. She's such wish fulfillment. She seems to have zero codependency, which all of us carry a ton of. Yeah. So that's aspirational. That's great. That might be why you like her. Is that she moves through the world without saying sorry and she's driven and has purpose and she doesn't really give a fuck what the fallout from that is. Maybe that's what you're obsessed with. Maybe that is a great characteristic you need to be aiming for. A lot of my thoughts would just be like, maybe don't worry so much that this is happening unless there's actual discernible wreckage. Well, she's saying I can't seem to stop. Which means she has now found this to have been sort of out of her control. And I know what that feels like. That's living in fantasy land, Mm -hmm. which is a different thing than just admiring a person and wanting to know about a person and wanting traits of theirs. There's a level It's all in the nuance, right? It's like, when has it crossed the line into you're not living your life because you're living this fantasy life? Yeah. But a lot of us have a knee-jerk response to, I have this compulsion to do this. So that must be bad. Any compulsion to do something might be bad. But then you also go like, you got a lot of hours to fill in the day. Some kind of compulsive thinking. If it's not about that, what's it going to be about? Food? Is Mm -hmm. it going to be about your diet? That's your brain. Maybe it's a safe one. I also trust that you know when something has gotten out of hand, even with Allison Roman, for me, with cooking videos, every now and then I will have to take a second and say, this isn't very healthy. Am I avoiding something? I've been in this for too long. I'm trying to escape something. And to an extent, that's fine. But you can't let that get out of control because you do have to live in your reality. Even with Ryan Gosling um, and Rachel McAdams, there was a point where I was like, why is this so comforting to me? And I was like, oh, because that's the kind of relationship I would want. This very raw, and again, romanticized, and I'm made up up from my perspective 100%. Why is that a fantasy that I escape to? What am I avoiding? Being curious, actually, instead of indicting ourselves. Yeah, judgmental of ourselves. (laughs) Yeah, I go to that so much and I'll just be like, oh, this is so bad that I'm doing this. And I'm like, wait, what if I approach this just by asking questions as opposed to coming in with self-judgment? Not only could she learn something about it, doesn't mean that she'll stop necessarily or it'll dramatically decrease the amount of time that she spends doing it, but at least she'll learn about herself through it. Also, every now and then just reminding yourself, we're little monkeys on planet Earth wasting time until we're dead. 
that's that. There's no big moral force in the sky evaluating our every decision and levying a verdict of hedonist, glutton, you know, whatever the seven deadly sins are. I agree with all of this. And I also think practically, if you feel like this is getting out of hand, I would connect with a real person. Real social connection is scientifically better for you. It's why friendships lead to longer lives. Parasocial relationships don't lead to longer lives. Real intimate relationships do. So it is important to make sure that it's balanced. Yeah. All right. Well, let's do one more or maybe two. We'll see how fast we can get through. This is from Corey. What perspective advice can you give to a single dad re-entering the world of dating? I'm a 31-year-old father of an eight-year-old boy and moved to a new state in order to continue to co-parent with my son's mother, now ex-wife. It has been a challenge feeling comfortable in the dating world again, especially with a relatively older son given my age. And a big challenge with that has been navigating emotional vulnerability with different women I've been romantically involved with. While I understand having a child and not being married can easily lead to the question of, quote, what happened, it's been hard to separate healthy emotional connection and trauma dumping at times. What are some recommendations for navigating that well? And what type of things are important for me to consider and understand from the point of view of a woman I enter into a romantic relationship with as a single dad? Have you dated some single dads? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you kind of like single dads, don't you? I love single dads. (laughs) I love a divorced dad. I really, it was my best relationship. Like, I was a little younger, like I was 31 or 30. Our friend set us up. I was like, oh, divorce, two kids. Like, it was not like a turn on. But at the time, I was like, okay, I'll go on a date with him. And it adds complications to a relationship for sure. And like, there are a lot of other people in the really, you know, who are, involved in the relationship, but he was the most responsible, generous planner, and he had two daughters. There's just like another level of reflection and understanding and caring, and I even think like nurturing that comes with being a father. Like there's something that's more important than you. So not that all dads are necessarily perfect and don't have egos, but I think that there is like a little bit, not an ego death, but definitely like a knocking down of it. And so I think it actually makes you appealing to women. He's straight, right? He's dating women. And yeah, I view it as like a total plus. Out of left field question, do you think it's possible that women who have a pattern of being attracted to people who are unavailable would naturally be drawn to a single father? Because on some level, you know, you're going to be second. And so the challenge is kind of there. The pattern is there. I think that's an interesting thought about being in his shoes is like trying to determine if the people that are attracted to you have that pattern. And then how does that pattern ultimately always play out for people that have that pattern? Yeah, I do think that is a trap for a lot of people who are attracted to unavailability. But I wouldn't want him to enter every relationship worried about that. I just think the simple fact that is you like a guy like this, he's going to tell you, oh, I can't see you on this weekend and that weekend on these days and that day because I have a kid and I'm not introducing the kid to anybody for at least a year and a half. Right out of the gate, you're hearing like, well, there's some major boundaries here. That's weirdly kind of attractive and it's a weirdly you can't have enough of the thing you want which makes the person more attractive there's a lot of dynamics that go on in these i love that part there were like four days a week where we could be together and then three days where i was like at my apartment doing my own thing because when you're in a relationship you don't have the amount of time to just do whatever you want in the way that if you're waking up with someone going to bed with someone you're kind of like on the same flow so i enjoyed that part but we were committed and we truly loved each other yeah and in the end actually i wanted more and it wasn't happening. And so if I were him, I would want to be dating the person who has a very full life on their own so that on those days when I'm not 
available, they are enjoying that as well. I don't know, like that's something I might be trying to screen for is like, oh, I want someone with a big old life of their own because I got this big old life of mine and let's have these four days or whatever it shakes out to be. But is there a question in there, Monica, about something about emotional? Yeah, he said it's been hard to separate healthy emotional connection and trauma dumping because people want to know like, oh, what happened? Like you have this eight-year-old and he, I think it maybe is struggling with connecting and being vulnerable and open and honest without giving all this information. And I think he can just have boundaries around that. I think it's just knowing that if someone's really interested, this can happen over time. It's not like on the first date, you have to divulge all of the information. They're not entitled to that. Exactly. Vulnerability, right, is this buzzword. I think it's great that we're all talking about it more, but vulnerability doesn't mean saying everything. Yeah. Mm. Because even like, I don't know if I want to talk about your ex-wife like on our first date anyway. Right. Yes, right? yes. And maybe if it ends up coming up, I don't think that's an appropriate sort of time to be sharing all of this. Like, you share it with a friend and talk about all of the difficulties or maybe once you've been on more dates and you establish your connection more. But yeah, I think it's weird. We think we owe ever like, and if I we're know. not sharing all this information, we're not being vulnerable when it's like, no, there's appropriate moments to share and appropriate information to be sharing with appropriate people. Yeah. And I think if you're on a date with either someone who's recently divorced or has a kid, it's important for you to remember, just like if you went on a date with a single person, you wouldn't say, so tell me about your exes right. immediately. <laughs> yeah. Like there's something about someone divorced or someone with a kid that you feel. There must be yeah. some big story of yes. why this ended. And I feel like I'm allowed to know it immediately. Mm -hmm. And that's not the case. Yeah. I would just also say like, put yourself in the other person's shoes. I had a girlfriend who talked about her ex-boyfriend nonstop. And all I thought from that was like, oh yeah, she very much is still in love yes. with this dude. And exactly. is still processing and can't understand why they're not together. There's nothing that makes me feel close or that she shared some intimate secret. I'm just like, oh, she can't shut the fuck up about this guy. Clearly this is unresolved. That to me is a red flag. If you're on a date with someone, you can't shut the fuck up about your ex. I don't want to be on a date with that person. Yeah. You know, if that's what you're doing on first dates, maybe like, well, I guess to be fair to him, he didn't say first date. So I think maybe it's in dating how to navigate this where your new Dady is like, well, so what happened? Or like wants to know more. I think you just have to have some sort of solid boundaries around uh, totally. it. Totally. I'll also add unsolicited advice is if I ask someone what happened, why did their nine-year relationship or their eight-year relationship or their two-year relationship dissolved? and they tell me all the things that the other person did, I don't want to be with that person. That's a really good clue for me that they're not on the path of bettering themselves. They're on the path of monitoring what everyone else does. So again, if you find yourself going, well, she just was so unavailable emotionally, and then she never, she oh, she had this friendship with her boss that was... Like, oh, great. So nothing, you're clear you're, on you're this? You're 100%. Yeah, yeah, I think there's nothing, you should yeah. only want to hear what the other person did wrong and what they learned and what they're going to yes. change. That's the only thing that would interest me. I'm not dating the fucking ex. Yes, and that's interesting conversation too, right? Because it's between you and me. There's not a third person at this date. Yes, and vulnerability is saying what you did wrong. Vulnerability isn't telling you how someone else harmed you. It's admitting how you have harmed someone. That's vulnerability because that's the part that could be ugly or unattractive. And that's hot. Yeah, I think I so. Think so. Yeah. Find out a girl threw up some hot dogs or <laughs> shit some boxers. You're like, what are you that's doing next Wednesday? Combo. Yeah. Oh, man. Well... I think that's what we have time for today. You guys, thanks for having me. That was very funny. Glad you joined us. I certainly think that this farting debate has some legs. I don't think this is the last <laughs> time you'll hear, hear all of us. Yeah, it's going to be a lot in the comments. It's only the beginning. 
It's only the... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. All right. Well, this was super fun, and we'll be back next week. Love you guys. Bye.